Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. Our guest this segment has gone from helping people learn to making people laugh. Humorist Beverly Brennan was the director of speech and theater at Harris-Stowe State University for the past 22 years and also worked at the St. Louis Public Schools for 20 years. Her ease before audiences may come from the fact that her father is Jack Buck, the legendary Cardinals broadcaster. Singer-storyteller Brennan's bringing a show called Love and Marriage to the Kranzberg Arts Center this Friday. The show is described as an inside look at long-term relationships, the good, the bad, and the outrageously funny. Beverly Brennan joins me in studio. So nice to see you again. Nice to see you too, Don. So what makes you an expert on love and marriage? Well, in (laughs) November, Mike and I will be married 48 years. Okay. I concede the point then. But if my audience claps, I'm going to say, please don't clap. It's not November yet. We take it one day at a time. Uh Tell us a little bit about uh, what you're going to be doing with the whole love and marriage theme. Well, Rick Jensen is my piano man Mm -hmm. and music director, and he's absolutely phenomenal. He's a composer. He's a singer. He's a pianist. And he's just amazing. Mm-hmm. He has some songs with me. He's doing a solo in my show. Huh. And he comes in at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Cabaret, by definition, is usually one singer, a baby grand, and a piano player. Yeah. And that's basically what I'm doing Friday night at the Kranzberg. It will be stories and jokes and songs. What, what kinds of stories? Are they personal stories or just material you've picked up along the way? There is a little material in there, but I mostly relate that material to my personal life. Cabaret, also by definition, is about getting to know the performer personally. It's not like you're in a musical or you're playing a character. You're just you up there, which um, I had to learn about. And were the lessons tough lessons? They were. I came from a musical theater background. Um, I did the Muni. I was an alto. I was a belter. That doesn't fly uh-huh. in cabaret. I had to really pull back and just not be as energetic as I usually am and try to sit, mellow out mm. and be really in a conversation with the audience. Let's go back to Rick Jensen for just a moment and, and uh, his role. He's going to be an accompanist. Is that, is that correct? Is he going to sing with you? He's going to sing with me on some songs. For example, there's a parody of Ah Yes, I Remember It Well. Rick plays my husband, Mike, because Mike can't carry a tune. Yeah. And there's an original song in the show. It's called Fall Back in Love. And then Rick is doing a song, another original song. He's doing a solo called in Passing Years. Oh, I think we have that. Let's, let's listen to a little bit of, uh, of Rick Jensen singing In Passing Years. In passing years It all looks the same And just the name will change We all will love too many times but just the friends remain And so these things I'll say to you Over tea for two on a wasted day When two friends meet and share, I hope it's you that still 
I think he's okay with everything. I'm not, you know, he doesn't get thrown under a bus or anything like that. Mm. No. Is there anything you could do for us here that uh, will be in the show that kind of give us a taste of, of what we can expect from Beverly Brennan? Well, there's a, a brief little story about when we first bought our house in Compton Heights, and we're still in that house. My husband, who's very organized, he made what I would call a hit list for the house. And it included, we need a new furnace, and we need to paint the exterior, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, Bev, study the hit list and tell me what your priority is so we can get to working on the house. Well, I was 25. I looked at the hit list, and I said to Mike, I want an in-ground pool. And Mike was like, but, but we need a furnace. And I said, but I'm not even cold. And he said, well, it's August, but November's coming and we need a furnace. So I must have been pretty cute back in the day because he agreed to the pool. And one day I was out and Mike was mowing the grass and two city cops came by and they pulled up and stopped right in front of our house. And the cop was just staring at the swimming pool, which was going in, but the fence was not up. So Mike turned off the lawnmower ran over to the police car, and the cop said, Sir, sir, what you have here at this house is an attractive nuisance. He said, I know, she's out <laughs> shopping right now. Okay, I, I get it, I get it. Some stuff you can't make up. What, what about music? You're going to be doing some singing, obviously. It's cabaret. What, uh, what songs are in your repertoire for this? This show covers the gambit. Hmm. I'm doing I Feel Good by James Brown. Oh, yeah, okay. Rick has yeah. a gorgeous arrangement of Beautiful Boy by John Lennon. Mm -hmm. I love musical theater, and my audition song for the Muni from Annie Get Your Gun was They Say That Falling in Love is Wonderful. That's in there. I play two characters, and I'm doing a piece from Fiddler on the Roof, Do You Love Me? And then I'm obsessed with the great American songbook. So there are some gorgeous standards with Rick Jensen arrangements like, let me think, am I doing a foggy day in London town? No. <clears throat> mean to me? No. You've changed. Love that song. You've changed. <laughs> and it's sort of a funny lead in because I talk about two days after our honeymoon <laughs> and then do You've Changed. Uh. How do you weave all this together? I mean, the stories and, uh, and the music. Is it kind of a soliloquy with music? It is. It's sort of a mini musical. You want it sort of to flow and all go together, and you want it to have a theme. So cabaret singers tell, say that, that in between stuff, the stories and the lead-ins, it's called patter. Mm -hmm. And so you write your patter almost as if if you took all the songs out, you could do that mm -hmm. as a storytelling piece. And you do the songs in an order where there's some variety or sense to it that even if you removed the speaking, it could work. And then you merge it together into a show. How is cabaret different from other forms of, of, of musical stage work, if you will? Cabaret is really <clears throat> storytelling. <clears throat> and mostly, it's more intimate. A lot of times you'll have a singer with a combo. The music might be background music, or you might even have a singer fronting a big band. I used to sing with the Fox Theater Orchestra, mm -hmm. and you're really locked in to a chart. 
But in cabaret, it's very, very close up and personal with the audience. And when you start bringing in more instruments or production things, you lose the essence of what cabaret is. Mm. One of the most phenomenal people I ever saw do a cabaret set was Barbara Cook. Oh. Yeah. She was big on Broadway for a number of years. The original Marion the Librarian in... Uh, I think she was in Carousel, too, yes. if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. A gorgeous voice yeah. and so present and so accessible. You want to have a certain friendliness or vulnerability, mm. and you want to be able to be just you mm. and let the words and the music sort of flow. How did this all work with your teaching career? Was this something you were burning to do when you were teaching, or were you able to do some of it to satisfy that need or whatever it might be called? You know, when I, um, <clears throat> when I started teaching, to me, it was a lot like performing. You had to grab the class's attention. You had to keep them engaged, and it sort of filled that need. After some time, I think I was sort of sad and didn't even know it that I wasn't doing some of this stuff anymore. But I was raising two sons, and I was working full-time in the St. Louis Public Schools, and I was in graduate school back and forth, and I didn't make room for something I'm passionate about. And really, it was my mistake. But in a way, I think that that's a piece I talk about in my show. I sort of blamed Mike, which was not fair. Um, in fact, there's a quote that says, resentment is a bitter pill. You give it to someone else, but it makes you sick. So when I retired, I felt free and ready to start another mm. part of my life. Do you feel that th there's a, a bloodline element here? I mean, your dad is so well known by so many people. He was, there's probably never been anyone better on the circuit, uh, you know, the, the dinner circuit, the MC circuit, if you will, than uh, Jack Buck. My dad was a great speaker, and my dad had a great sense of humor, a quick wit. Yeah. What a lot of people don't know is he had a sort of cool Jack Jones voice. Uh, you might know, because back in the day, he was known at the piano bars in Gaslight Square. Uh -huh. And he was known to throw some parties, and he loved to hire live musicians. So much better than the dead ones. And then at the end of the evening, he would always sing, the party's over, and he would announce, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. <laughs> so all this stuff with humor and with the singing. And, you know, my dad, when I was a little girl, he never sang me mm -hmm. to sleep with Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. He sang Stardust. Uh -huh. Hoagie Carmichael. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, we all miss him so much. I mean, by golly, he was just such a talent. And I can see you're getting emotional almost as we, as we speak these words. Um, my dad leaving this world was a big loss mm. for so many, many people. But so many people tell me stories about him, and they're always new ones mm. because he did so much to help so many people. And that keeps him with me in yeah. a way. Yeah. Do you... I don't know exactly how to put this, but you're your own person. You're doing your own thing. Do you ever resent people bringing up your father because he was Jack Buck and never. Take, taking it away from never. what you're doing? Never. <clears throat> you know, when my dad was here, I never tried to go around and brag, oh, I'm Jack Buck's daughter and so forth. I thought that was sort of rude. Mm -hmm. But the minute he was gone, I was stopping everyone on the street saying, hey, that was my dad. Mm -hmm. And so people bringing him up to me, it's never a problem. It's always a joy. You don't use his name, your maiden name at all in your work. Uh, why not? 
Well, you know, maybe I should. (laughs) That's a good idea. I guess I took a different path. My father actually tried to talk me into going into broadcast journalism. And I think I was the only one of all the eight that he tried to do that with. Mm -hmm. And yet others went there. Christine Buck, of course, Joe. Julie Buck Buck is what, and his brother Bob. Bob. Yes. But I was like, oh, no, I love Shakespeare. And oh, no, I want to be in musicals. So I always was sort of um, my own person and maybe a little stubborn. And I majored in theater Mm -hmm. at Webster, which was a great program. But I always felt like my career was 100% my own. My father never got me a job in the Mm -hmm. St. Louis public schools. He may not have even wanted me to go there, Hmm. but I sort of forged my own path. I was the oldest, and I was very independent. How long does it take to uh, get a show like this together? It's a a one-night stand, if you don't mind my putting it that way. If you locked me in a closet, I could maybe come out with a show in a week. Mm -hmm. But I think with all of the editing and communicating with Rick and working with Lena and Ken Haller, It's best to say that a a good show should take anywhere from six months to a year. It really takes some time. You you put songs in and you take them out and you get feedback on stories that work and ones that don't. And it takes a little time for it all to gel. This show took almost a year to put together. Do you take it on the road? I mean, is this a kind of a tryout, the, the Boston tryout or whatever? Well, Rick and I have done some shows in um, Chicago at Davenport's. We have a piece called A Night with Day, which is a tribute to my childhood idol, Doris Day. And um, this show, Love and Marriage, I think is universal in its theme. People have relationships and so on. And Rick is interested in in bringing it to New York to uh, Don't Tell Mamas, a little club in New York, which is kind of on my bucket list and that would be fun. If 10 people come, I would be cool. Well, is the little guy in the green room going to let you go, a little guy or gal? I just pointed out that there's a That's a my grandson. Yeah, yeah, that's another job I have in retirement, and uh, he's with me today. Well, there's no such thing as retirement when you've got grandchildren. There's You're no, right no question about that. about that. Okay, once again, let's uh, get the specifics on this. It's happening Friday night at the Kranzberg, correct? Right, at 8 o'clock. Uh-huh. All righty. Well, it's something to look forward to. Uh, Beverly Brennan, so nice to talk to you again. And uh, keep us posted on what the next venture is going to be for you and yours. Okay. Nice to talk to you, too. And if anybody wants tickets, they can look on Mariposa Artists. Um, That's the website. And it's on MetroTix. Okay. And we will put all of that information on our website at stlpublicradio.org. Good talking with you, Don. Same here. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.